Hello and welcome to the newest edition of Pro Pharma Talks. Today we're going to be talking about artificial intelligence and how it's used in healthcare. But before we get into that, I'd like to remind you to hit like and hit subscribe. Hello and welcome to the newest edition of Pro Pharma Talks. My name is Alex Hernandez. Alongside me as always is Dr. Craig Stern. And uh, M just opened up a can. So, um, <laughs> thank you, M. He like, threw me off my whole game. Well, anyways, our topic for today is artificial intelligence. And, and see, I'm off my game right The topic for today is artificial intelligence, and it's how it's used in healthcare. And when Craig, uh, when Dr. Stern first came to me and said, we should talk about artificial intelligence in healthcare, and I'm like, robots, of course. <laughs> Of course we're going to talk about robots, but he said otherwise. So what is it that you meant exactly when you wanted to broach this topic? Yeah, that's a good point. You're back on your game. I'm back. I'm back in. Okay, here's the deal. Um, In the past and to a point now, um, uh, technology, engineering companies, manufacturing companies have been way ahead of everything going on in healthcare. Right. with regard to technology. Technology is finally catching up, not because doctors, not because pharmacists, not because nurses, but because Silicon Valley and the rest of technology has been introducing this kind of work into healthcare. Healthcare right. desperately needs it, wants it, and uses it. So as a disclaimer to everybody, Pro Pharma and Pro Data Analytics we live in this world, we are data analysts, yes, we use artificial intelligence. Um, Alex, when he's not being a class clown, also <laughs> deals with it, etc. So uh, understand that, that we live in this world. Now, artificial intelligence, in a very simplistic way, is to use machines, to use computers, to use uh, computer code, to do things that normally people would do. Right. So effectively, the tedious stuff. The uh, tedious stuff. Right. Yeah, we're not talking about painting the Mona Lisa. We're talking right. about issues where there's uh, tedious, repetitive kind of things that are done. You Hospitals, know, a lot like how you move from the slide rule to the calculator, right? Thank you so much. You're welcome. Yes. yes. He's pushing <laughs> on the fact that I was a physicist <laughs> and I showed him a slide rule once before. <laughs> this um, very ancient artifact. <laughs> yes. Well, before that, <laughs> we went into space on a slide rule. Um, That's true. Uh, bottom line here is this. Um, in hospitals and in areas where logistics and uh, the need to be able to supply services mm-hmm. is necessary. Certain robotics is important. But what's at the base of that? The base of it is computer code. And while none of my staff wants to hear about it, there are algorithms. And algorithms are nothing more than rules, where the rule says, take one of this and one of this and add these two together and come up with a solution. It's the same thing whether it's a robot, whether it's a computer program or otherwise. We are not going to spend any time talking about robotics, even though my staff wants to <laughs> focus entirely on robotics. We're just saying that, don't leave it out. <laughs> <That's all. laughs> um, that, there's a lot of work in that, and it's terribly important and terribly crucial to what's going on in healthcare today, none the least of which is that there are robots that are doing surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
what we want to talk about is analytics in this particular case where you're taking data and you're looking at data in order to answer fundamental questions. There are a probably an infinite number of questions that can be asked, but questions such as how many people um, went into the hospital that did not get their insulin, for example, and had high metrics to say that their insulin was, that their diabetes was not in control. It's, it's questions like right. that and many, many other questions that you use in order to try and map out what's going on to identify what's happening so that you can develop a strategy to fix it mm -hmm. and standard monitoring so that you can look for these kind of problems right. and then effectively fix them before they happen so that you can keep the process going. That's what we want to talk about. That's artificial intelligence. That's analytics. So uh, you, you're talking about in the simplest form, maybe ways for doctors to follow up, ways for doctors to keep in contact with their patient for compliance. Because we know there are certain doctors in, in our country or even in this region that see hundreds of patients in a week or maybe... 50 in a day or some some crazy number that we couldn't even think of as far as how do they keep up with these patients? How do they make sure their patients are complying? How do they build that relationship with these patients? And we can use AI to help bring those relationships closer together. Absolutely. And um, you're absolutely correct mm -hmm. with regard to some of the things that are used for artificial intelligence with doctors, but pharmacists are also using it. Right. Nurses are using it. Hospitals are using it. Insurance companies are using it. So across the line, effectively, everybody is using it, one, to be more efficient in management, two, so that they can identify those areas that they can predict to be a problem to fix it. Mm -hmm. So for example, and only as an example, suppose that you're in pharmacy and you want to be able to counsel people who are not complying with their medication. Right. Artificial intelligence and the way that you handle it, in some cases that aren't even artificial intelligence, it's just smart programming of right. what goes on, deals with this and says, these are the people that seem to have a problem with compliance. Therefore, of all the people that you see that maybe drugs are dispensed to, it's this subset of people that you need to talk to about how to comply with their drugs. Nurses similarly have to deal with uh, being able to manage multiple patients at one time, mm -hmm. looking for indicators that says that if people have these particular indicators, whether it's age, gender, length of time in the hospital, the kind of diagnoses they have, the kind of procedures they have, the kind of IVs they have, kind of allergies they have, all of these things, to be able to group them and deal with it in a reasonable way with rules to say, these people can have a problem Therefore, we're going to watch them more carefully. And secondly, we're going to be able to identify or even to try and fix the problem before it occurs so we don't have uh, drug-induced disease, so right. we don't have issues with regard to hospital-acquired infections, etc. All healthcare providers, all payers, all people who are involved in it, whether they're evaluating, whether they're doing direct patient care, whether they're managing it or otherwise, are using this data and using the rules of the data in order to develop 
um, what in, in technology is known as algorithms, what we can think of as rules to say, mm -hmm. if you're diabetic, if you're uh, not on insulin, if you have particular laboratory metrics, and if any of them are high, then what do you do about it and how do you focus on them in order to get them in control so that they can lead a normal life and right. that they can have normal uh, conditions. And then just to, not to overcomplicate things, because you know that's what I do best. Um, <laughs> you're, you're, you're saying it in, in its most simplistic form. Like you say, you, you go to the hospital, you see a nurse. Mm -hmm. But there are people that go to a, to a hospital, see a nurse. They go to a different clinic, they see another doctor, or they go to another place. This is where artificial intelligence, in my opinion, comes in handy the most. When you see, when you're able to gather all the results from every location that this patient went to. I mean, granted, we're not exactly there yet, but there is a system in place that would allow that for, to happen, right? Actually, that's, that's a very good point. Yeah. I'm surprised. That's a very good point, Alex. Don't act surprised. <laughs> <You're not> surprised. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, uh, the coordination of care is a huge problem. Right. People are involved with multiple locations of service. Healthcare historically has been in a silo. Hospitals have their information but don't share it. Um, doctors have their information when people come to see them, they don't share it. Pharmacies have their information when people <laughs> come to get a drug dispense, they don't share it. Even so historically, psychiatrists. <laughs> psychiatrists have a similar thing yeah. and there is a a Chinese wall, if you will, between uh, psychiatry and physical medicine where people cannot, under some circumstances, share information. But bottom line is, the old silo method is now being transformed because literally everybody has a phone. Mm -hmm. That information can carry their basic medical information. So if that person ends up in the emergency room, Somebody can know what kind of drugs are you on, what diagnoses have you had, maybe even results of uh, x-rays or laboratories, etc. Mm -hmm. so that the doctor isn't starting from scratch trying to figure out what to do. He's well aware can of your with medical it. history. He can. Yeah. And in that regard, the patient, um, whether they have a phone or whether it's on a central system, like in large um, um, uh, health systems, uh, etc., this allows everybody to know what everybody else has done. Not necessarily to look over their shoulder, although management does do that, mm -hmm. but uh, clearly to say uh, this patient was uh, at home, they were in the hospital, they went to a skilled nursing facility, they went to a clinic after, etc. That information follows them mm -hmm. so that now you can be more efficient. In the past, we would have to go look and everybody would have to start from the beginning. When I was asked on a consult, I'd have to start from the beginning of whatever information was available to me. But in a hospital, for example, I didn't know a lot about what was going on in the outpatient community. I didn't know if they had been in other hospitals. Mm -hmm. I didn't know if they had been in skilled nursing. You could ask the question, right. but frequently the patient was either a good historian, and even if they were a good historian, they couldn't tell you everything about what had happened because there was one element you were looking for, but you didn't know whether they knew right. <laughs> so that they could tell you. So you're absolutely right, Alex. Right. This whole issue of multiple locations of service, accumulating all of this data, and then being able to add these artificial intelligence rule sets 
add predictions, add statistics, which I understand a lot of people don't like, but at the end of the day, it's That's used helpful. because yeah. you're trying to find the people that have the greatest risk of a problem. For example, and only as an example, suppose you have a population of men. You're trying to determine which of those men have the highest risk of prostate cancer. There are indicators that you can use because you're looking for this and this and this and this, and you take those indicators, you set up the rules so that you go look for those people. Mm -hmm. They may not have it now, good, but at least you can monitor them and try and deal with it early before it becomes a serious problem and, and uh, the uh, cancer is metastasized and now right. you have a much larger issue than what you started with. Basically all men, basically. Yes. <laughs> but, um, but one of the things I also wanted to mention was, was um, you, you know how this silo idea is actually, it's like it, it basically being broken down and being turned into a cloud, mm -hmm. if you want to look at it that way. Right. Because insurance companies, your healthcare insurance companies, typically they get all the information from your doctor because they want to get submitted because that's how they get paid, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So... You could essentially just have everything linked up, like with their iPhone. You can put in your healthcare insurance or your health insurance number, and all your history is in there. Yes. yes. But there is also when you pay cash, insurance companies don't know what what just happened. That's right? correct. That's so correct. So that's another issue that we need to find a way to get artificial intelligence involved in that. Well, what is also interesting in that yeah. is the following. Um, you're talking about data where someone has paid someone. So there's financial data to say, I saw a doctor, I paid for it, and here's all the information that supports that payment. Mm -hmm. Similarly with a hospital or skilled nursing or anyone else. Right. That's one set of data. It's not all the data. Um, there is now data from the electronic healthcare or medical records uh, where the doctors entered all the information based on the visit where they're putting that data in because in the financial data, you don't have, for example, the patient has high blood pressure, but you don't know what the blood pressure is. <laughs> or they have diabetes, but you don't know what their blood sugar is or their diabetes A1C or the history of their blood sugars or anything like that. Mm. So presumably in the electronic medical record, you can add a lot of that information. So you're getting a second set of clinical information to add to the financial information. And then uh, when you talk to patients, you, you want to get a, a larger um, review of them and what they're like, not just do they smoke or do they have, they, uh, are they sedentary or do they, they um, move around, do right. they exercise? They active, but yeah. you also want to know other things that may influence what goes on. So in that regard, there is uh, biometric information that is now becoming more available to add into this so that you can add what they're doing <laughs> yes all the what's on the on the watch etc to deal with it so that you've got not just financial information and all the stuff that that um, is supported the clinical information from the electronic medical record and other areas information with regard to the um, biometric right. to deal with um, they smoke, okay, there's certain uh, laboratory uh, issues 
in order to tell how much they smoke or what it is, and a host of other issues about are they watching their diet, what kind of a diet do they have, what is their uh, general feeling, mm -hmm. and, and how do they look on life, and how do they deal with it, etc. So we're not, not just... not inputting the Skittles that you eat during the day is detrimental you gotta to your You've got to do something records. about you gotta, that. you yeah. got to put that in there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, not speaking personally. No, of course not. <laughs> um, so you're bringing in all of this data now, mm. and the artificial intelligence then allows us to look, once again, very simplistically, um, uh, to look at, at blood pressure and um, your visit to the doctor and did they, what was the blood pressure at that time? And right. issues with regard to the hospital and what was it at that time? And what kind of medications are you on? And what kind of x-rays did you have? Um, women obviously have a, have a huge um, uh, prevalence with regard to uh, breast cancer. How do we deal with that so that we can limit or minimize the risk of, of people, whether it's high risk or low risk or otherwise, with that, some of it is is statistical modeling that is part of all of, of this artificial intelligence. Right. Part of it is setting up the rules, looking for uh, hospital admissions, emergency room admissions, length of stay, drugs that they're on, etc., 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 in order to try and come up with reasonable ways to make things more efficient. People, an individual doctor, cannot remember or use all the potential diagnoses that are out there. No one, pharmacist or doctor, can remember all the drugs that are out there, right. all the doses, all the adverse effects, all the everything that's out there. So clearly they have to reference these things. And now what we're trying to do is to make sure that all of that information is available. So on one level, it makes a doctor more effective, it makes a pharmacist more effective, a nurse more effective, and at the same time, it takes all health care and gives that information so that the person has a greater chance in order to deal with it. Right. Clearly, there are privacy issues and people are concerned, but uh, fundamental in the world of health care, there is uh, the issue of um, treatment and how it's dealt with, and that has to be open to everybody. Information with regard to payment has to be made available to everybody so it can be paid for. Right. Issues with regard to um, administration so the people can use a lot of this artificial intelligence, not at the point of patient care, but before that in order to look for trends, in order to give more information to people to make them more efficient healthcare individuals. That's artificial intelligence. Yeah, and um, it... it it's crazy when you think about it because you got regular people who don't realize how much artificial intelligence is impacting not only their lives but healthcare. Yes. Because I mean, you could you could see everyone talks about it. Society is buried deep into their phones, and everything is a smartphone now. Everything has an app. Everything has information in it. It has all your information already. Yeah. But in healthcare, sharing that information is actually crucial to. Actually, your quality of life, when you really think about it. If you're, if you're dependent on medication, you even more so need artificial intelligence yeah. to get involved. As for, and, and even, yeah. you're absolutely right. Yeah. And even if, just to kind of round the circle, and not trying to take a political position, but 
We have patients who have money to pay for things. We have people who are getting insurance through their employers. And many of these healthcare uh, uh, systems are very good and people don't pay a large copay, so they're happy with that. And then people who are disadvantaged or poor, even immigrants, and even with all the things going on today with immigration, you still have these people coming in. In some cases, they're overloading the system. In other cases, they need to be cared for. And they're coming in with complications because nobody had a history of what's going on. Exactly. And so while you can't know everything because someone came from another country or they came from somewhere where the uh, health care wasn't available or maybe certain kinds of care wasn't available, right. you can certainly deal with it where, where you can keep that information together and try and limit the amount of impact, make their lives more simple by dealing with it because you get all this information, try and coordinate it and help them. Uh, and if they bring in um, uh, particular diseases or have endemic particular diseases, do you have a way to be able to right. monitor for that and treat for that? And in other cases, um, uh, the people that have insurance can learn from those that don't, and those that don't can learn from the people that do, because you already have systems in place for the people that have insurance to see what needs to be done in order to protect these people, whether they're immigrants, poor or otherwise. Mm -hmm. And the immigrants bring in uh, particular problems that we didn't have that. And so now what's the difference? What's the delta difference and how do you go about fixing that? Right. It's a major issue and these kind of things impact healthcare regardless. And healthcare has to deal with it because there's no fake news in healthcare. You either have it or you, you have truth and you treat people with truth, or you are treating them for something that doesn't exist, and that is pure nonsense to what goes on. Right. There's no such thing as lying to people in healthcare. Uh, clearly, you can't tell people some people who don't want to know what their diagnosis is and the rest, but that's not the answer. You're trying to make sure that they have whatever is the best thing that can be done for them to give them the optimum benefit at a minimum acceptable risk, because everything has risk, right. and to find some way to give them at an affordable cost. That's what has to happen. Yeah, healthcare is science, basically, at its core. It's, it is. It's, you make a decision, and there's evidence to support the decision. Yeah, and yeah. there's still some, some um, uh, art to medicine, obviously. Certainly, you see it more in dermatology than you see it, perhaps, in some other areas. But at the end of the day, more and more of what's going on today is moving exactly as you're saying, to more science, more prediction, more work on what mm -hmm. goes on. And um, this can only help patients. It can only help cost and what insurers are doing. Mm -hmm. It can only help providers in order to be more um, informed about what goes on. Right. It can only help pharmacy to be able to deliver the best drugs and to be able to monitor those drugs and deal with it and of course nursing in order to make sure that they're providing the information. But if you take right. one piece of information out, then you only know this much about what goes on. It's like a it's like a stream. You take a rock and you drop it in, then the ripples go everywhere. Well if you try and limit it, the ripples don't go everywhere, but you only know what's going on here. You don't know what else is going on everywhere. Exactly, exactly. And also you can use artificial intelligence for the patient's sake to find the cheapest drug out there in the region. You can. And that we do that. I mean I do that all the time. Yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> and 
The website is free. It's called GoodRx.com. It's a really good website. And also on Rx Info uh, X, RX where we're Info telling X. everybody where the cost is, and you can go there and find out. Yeah, yeah. So um, just to kind of put a button on this, really quick, artificial intelligence is used in healthcare. We use it all over healthcare. What What are some of the things we should be looking forward to in healthcare as far as artificial intelligence? Well, I think that the main thing is that technology is pushing us mm -hmm. to deal with a greater understanding. And now healthcare, as groups, as we train everybody, physicians, pharmacists, nurses, um, healthcare economists, issues with regard to managers, etc. And et finally, doctors who had no idea a slide rule exists. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. Continue. <laughs> you won't get off this slide rule thing. Um, <laughs> Um, um, the, the, the most important thing is, is that people become informed, they're educated certainly within the healthcare community, they're informed in the patient population so that they can ask for these things. The medical community knows about it, can make use of it, can ask for, demand for more technology in order to help with what mm -hmm. goes on, and um, it becomes more of a collaboration than what it has been so far where it's, we can do this and oh, that's neat, I can use that, to more of a collaboration, we need more of this, build this, we'll include the information and expand what goes on. And doctors walking around with tablets and pinpointing everything and getting all the information. They do, and yeah. pharmacists now uh, have the technology on their machines in order to know the history of what goes on and what the uh, what the adverse drug effects are and mm -hmm. potential uh, information about that. But people need to talk together, work together in teams because at the end of the day, the doctor doesn't know everything, the pharmacist doesn't know everything, the nurse doesn't know everything, insurance company only knows what they know from what was paid, et cetera, et cetera. Now we have to bring them together so that everybody can work together. And put them all together into one big robot. <laughs> That's where we were going you just with this. won't get the robots. You hear that, M? Robots are coming. Okay. <laughs> That's it. That's all for today. Um, any last any last no, words? That'll... No, we're good. <laughs> no. We're good. We had to have robots in yeah. this, didn't we? Robots, robots have to be in there. And robot doctors, robot pharmacists, and then a human in the back, just to make sure the robot doesn't get out of line. <laughs> <laughs> just in case we need to pull the plug. <laughs> so that's it for our discussion today. If you have any comments or questions, please feel free to send them down below or message us, I believe, and we'll put up an email for us to put. Right, right in, right in, right in. She'll put an email there for you. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to email us. Um, also visit ProFarmaConsultants.com. We have a free information page called RxInfoX. Um, also on there is a ticker that has drug prices there. And also below that is um, the most recent news articles that have come up throughout the day and week and from various different sources and anything else in my machine? No, nope, that'll do it. No. Also visit Pharmacy Benefit News. You can get articles written by Dr. Stern himself. And um, that's it for today. We'll see you next week.